You're listening to the After The Show Movie Podcast from ascully.com. Your weekly look at movies, video games, and more brought to you by your hosts, Ace Scully and Sid Talk. We're addicted to movies. Are you? Nino, 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 Nino. You get it? No. It's an ambulance. Oh. <laughs> no, well, I don't get it. <laughs> you don't get it. <laughs> All right, welcome to After the Show. Hello, Sid Talk. Welcome to you. Thanks. Welcome to I the- mean, I'm the only one here, so. Thanks. Also, welcome to the ambulance, you know? Do mm, we don't want to welcome an ambulance. I mean, if it was necessary, but we're we're having a good day. No ambulance involved, so. That's what I always think. There was no before the after the show, really. We talked about this movie. You had a little glitch with the microphone. Is everything working okay, by the way? All the levels are good. Right. But one thing I did think about, like, kind of at the end of this movie, and I think about every time I see an ambulance or hear ambulance while I'm on the road, you know, and you pull over like a polite individual. Yes. Whoever doesn't is a dickhead. Just putting that out there. But wherever that ambulance is going, whoever the people involved are, they're having a very much worse day than I am having. It could be everything from horrible scenario to like broke a finger or got a finger stuck in a Which drain is still a worse day than yours. It is. It could be it's worse day than I'm having right this minute. And so it kind of humbles you a little bit. Like, right, I do not require a medical assistance today. So all's good. I don't um, know if that's the right standard to set for your day, but that's how I do it. No, but respect to the ambulance people. Absolutely. Oh my goodness. Yes. Yeah. Emergency workers. Goodness. All right. So it's Saturday, May the 14th. This is After the Show. We're a movie review podcast. And this is our 736th episode. We're going to review the movie Ambulance, hence the pre-ambulance talk. It's a 2022 movie. It's now on streaming. You can actually watch it right now. It's rated R. And our friends at Universal let us watch it. So Sid Talk, give us the synopsis of Ambulance. The synopsis is, somebody plans a bank robbery, shit goes wrong. The end. All right. So Ambulance, the real non-Sid Talk synopsis. (laughs) Yeah, but it can't be any more accurate than that. Get ready. Two robbers steal an ambulance after their heist goes awry. That's it. See, that's what I said. You did say that. Yeah. I didn't use the word heist, but yeah, bank robbery, gone wrong. That's it. So, Ambulance is the new film from Mr. Michael Bay. And Sid Talk, what did you think of it? I enjoyed it. I am not as big a fan of heists. Ooh. Bankrupt, I see. You get all excited when you hear. I, you say zombies to me, I'm like, oh. You say heists to you, you're like, oh. So, we have our faves, right? Yeah. It's fun. And I say fun, but a lot of vehicles get crashed and a lot of bad things happen. It's just a ride, you know? It's like going on a... A carnival ride. Yeah. And then when it's over, it's completely out of my brain. It has no meaning or value to me at all. It's just like in the moment, it's a good time. There are scenes and shots, not whole scenes, but shots that are gorgeous. And then other shots that make me want to call up Michael Bay. You know, I'm talking to you, Mike, and uh, say like, what is wrong with you? (laughs) He's uh, very kinetic. Kinetic is a nice word. It's really, <laughs> really fucking annoying sometimes. This like self-indulgent, like unending confusion of visual things. And it's not visual effects. It's just camera shit, right? 
I get it. I get it. You've got new toys called drones. You love the sun flare. I get it. The camera, I get it. We all understand. And these shots look pretty most they of do, the time. They do, but you don't need to drown us in it. You know, that's distracting to me. So thankfully it's not a deep movie that I care much about. And so I just go, you know what? I'm on the ride, right? I'm flinging around on the ride. Let's just put our hands up and enjoy. Yeah, and I think this is the first movie I have actually seen where they use drones in this way for the action sequences. I think it doesn't work all the time, but when it does work, it's really exciting. When the camera comes shooting down the side of a building, spins around and then lands on the ambulance going down the road, it works perfectly. I think it looks really good. It did the first time. Yeah, I don't think it needs to be done 700 times. Well, it was like four and I was like, <laughs> okay, 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 okay. And it wasn't even a different shot. No, it, it wasn't. It was the same shot. It's like, like, I got a really good shot, so I'm going to use but it. But then you looked up how much this movie cost and were like, I'm a, it kind of made sense. Oh, I get it. <laughs> you wanted to just like, if you can use 10 seconds over and over of, of footage, that's 10 seconds of other footage you didn't have to pay for. Yeah, this so movie cost $40 million to make, which is kind of low budget for a Michael Bay movie, let's say. Armageddon, for instance, was like $150 million. I feel like this looks very expensive the entire time. I kept thinking, wow, got so many cars going down the street and there's people everywhere and, you know, it must, can't be cheap. No. But I think he used the money very well because it all shows up on the screen. I'm not watching it thinking, oh, this is kind of a cheap. Well, you didn't know it was cheap till afterwards. No, I didn't. But I wouldn't even be thinking that. I wouldn't be thinking like, oh, he's trying to save some money on this one and making a smaller movie. It just felt huge, like a big basically what this movie is and it's two hours and 16 minutes long 16 minutes of that at the beginning is set up and then it's a two-hour car chase now you hate car chases that go on too long correct so how do you like a two-hour car chase i wasn't loving it but like i said once i was on the ride i just had to go with it and i even commented at some point we had a pee break and I said, you know, he does the thing where it's just like hammering your brain and your eyeballs with stuff. And then you goes to a little bit of a dip. And then everybody takes a moment to have some non-heavy breathing dialogue and like some non-panicky shit, right? Yeah. Those are the moments when I can like, okay, give me a break. And then whoop, it's not all chasing. So I'm assuming it's not like that one movie that you people all talk about with the car chase. I've never seen it. Which one? Vanishing Point? I don't know. It's the one that ever, it's like the whole thing is a car chase. Oh, French Connection. I don't know. Uh, so whichever one. It's not that. It's not like non, non, non-stop. The chase is non-stop because they're always trying to catch up with this ambulance who has hostages after a bank robbery. But where we're going in the ambulance, occasionally you go under a thing and it stops and it slows down. So I was okay. I would have preferred that it had been like a five-minute car slash ambulance chase. And then just a big, uh, let's everybody sit down and talk about it. Yeah. <laughs> the way this movie operates, actually, and you can kind of feel it. There's chasing, chasing, chasing. Very exciting, very fast. Everything's moving fast. And then the character that John Dory from The Walking Dead plays says... Let's just call this off for a minute. We need to regroup. And then when he says that, it slows down a little bit, right? And he does it maybe three times in the mm-hmm. movie. The, what was the dog subplot? I, 
That whole thing with that whole person just disappeared. It was very weird. There's a a subplot that involves a dog, right? It's not really a subplot. It's just like one of the cop guys, the main cop, main police officer guy, they're already staking out this bank and thinking someone's going to rob it, right? So we've got this whole like stakeout going on. Yeah. The main guy, who's John Dory to us because he's from Fear the Walking Dead, is like a big character. He's got his dog with him. He tries to send it off for someone to go take care of the dog and then... The dog's in a car, but that disappears, and then it was then, just an then excuse. whatever else. So it was nothing. It was actually nothing. It was very bizarre. The excuse was just that, like, oh, we can't follow them anymore because the dog's in danger. Bring the dog back. That was it. Or not. I mean, there was nothing to it at all. Like that felt like there was no point. That's also Michael Bay's dog, by the way. Maybe Michael Bay just wanted his dog on set. What can I do? Oh, I could write it into the movie. And then we could have dog handlers and the dog can be on the set and it'd be all great. I don't know what was going on with that. There are some weird Michael Bayisms, let's say. Like suddenly, out of the blue, some of the police officers start talking like they're 15 years old all of a sudden. Wisecracking. And oh, yeah. They're all fine. And then all of a sudden they say something really dumb and you're like, okay, yeah, Michael Bay, there you go. You've seen Armageddon. All the characters in Armageddon, all the characters in Bad Boys... All the characters in The Rock, they all make stupid comments all the time, and he hasn't grown out of that. This movie does it a lot, even in during very serious moments. And you're like, oh, really? Did you notice that? Yes. I always notice when it feels like, hmm. Like, like kindergarten like, talk. Yeah, like, again, let's keep referring back to my fairground ride. That's all, like, the thrill of being flung around on a roller coaster has no value in your life, right? And you it's just in the moment it's thrilling. So in this movie, I have to just go, okay, well we're we're going on a high here and there his thing is like to get us all like wound up and laugh a little bit and like get all hypeed up and then we're gonna have something bad happen. Then we're gonna have a serious moment when somebody's gonna dish out some sort of horror sob story, right? Because we have that in this too. And then we're gonna go back to like the you know, starting up the roller coaster again and with the with the dumb lines and the dumb choices everybody's making. And then we're going to say something sad and meaningful again. That's how I kind of, you know, it's accept very, it. I accept it. Yeah, it's almost, aside from the new technology used and the way it looks, it's almost a real throwback to 90s actually, action yeah. movies. Yeah. I mean, maybe Michael Bay hasn't got out of the 90s action movie kind of Except, mindset. remember what I said, are we going to do spoilers? Sure. So if you've not seen this, go away. Or don't. Yeah. And if someone and I were talking about this the other day, that it could, it really pisses us off when somebody just blatantly tweets a thing or whatever, like, you know, the end of a thing. I don't like that either. Yeah. And it's obnoxious. And so what we're doing here isn't that because you've intentionally sought out our podcast. You're now about five or ten minutes in. You made we're a good t- choice, by the way. <laughs> we're telling you now. From this moment forward, I'm telling you, I'm slowing down my speech. So you now don't cut out the slow part when you edit this. We're telling I might you, make it slower. We're telling you calmly <laughs> and collectedly, whatever that phrase is, we're going to tell you what happens in the movie. So Here we you go. can you have a device in your hand or you're at a computer or you're listening in a car, wherever you are, you probably have access to a pause button or a stop button. If you don't, you know, cover your ears or walk away, whatever. But you probably do have control over the situation. It's your life. Like, the spoiler's coming up now. So, I said at the end, 
Michael Bay has matured because all of a sudden his heroine, heroine as in the hero, who's a female, is uh, an EMT worker. I'm not. Not like a big uh, guy. It's not a military person. It's not some dude who drops in at the last minute and saves everybody. It's not because somebody blew up a bunch of shit. It's literally because this woman worked her ass off doing her job the entire time. Now, that can sound boring to people, but it really wasn't. And he doesn't, in this movie, which he's been criticized for in the past, where he kind of leeringly shoots women. He doesn't do that in this he movie. He did twice, yes. Oh, I he noticed. did? Yes. Oh, man, I didn't know. When the guy was talking and he had um, Gyllenhaal, Gyllenhaal's face was leaned over, he had her butt right in the foreground. Wow, like, I didn't, didn't notice. Times. Oh. I mean, it took up three quarters of the screen. <laughs> Not that her butt does. I'm just saying he had it so the camera was like right on her butt and Jake Gyllenhaal's head was sort of over behind her saying something. But yeah. So if you go and watch this in IMAX, (laughs) you'll see a butt the size of a house. Yeah. And that's probably noted on somebody's site somewhere. Hey, at this many minutes and this many seconds, a close up of. Yeah. Well, he he wasn't being super Transformers, Megan Fox, gratuitous, weird, weirdo. Was he in this one? No, it didn't feel like it. I mean, I'm not uber sensitive to that but i noticed the butt the butt the ambutlance is that right no no keep moving so did the um plot and there is a plot here this is actually a remake of a norwegian film i was reading a comedy movie at that but this isn't a comedy movie even though there are some wisecracks did the plot surprise you in any way because it didn't surprise me at all. No, the plot didn't. But the one thing we were saying, like John Dory situation, I was like, what? What? That I mean, was a bit weird. There are some loose ends, let's say. Yeah. Like, it just kind of, some plots just come to an end and there's no, nothing. You're just like, oh, okay. That's the end of that. Without spoiling it. But the ending even, there is a moment at the end where I think you're supposed to go, well, I didn't. Right? Nah, I didn't either. I just kind of like, it's two brothers who are doing this bank robbery. They're in this ambulance. It's only about three things that can really happen in the whole movie, right? Exactly. So Everybody dies, everybody lives, or somebody goes to prison. Yeah. And, you know, one of those scenarios happens. <laughs> yes. But even from the opening frame, I was like, you know, as soon as they said, oh, we're going on a heist, I was like, well, two brothers, we've already established this. They're kind of different from each other. There's going to be uh, heads butting together at some point, and then that. The characters, I didn't care about anybody particularly. I didn't either. Not even the EMT lady. I, I mean, I didn't want, but I mean, her character in general, it, she just felt kind of hollow in a way. I mean, I was rooting for her. Right. I didn't care about, unfortunately, the cop who was shot. I mean, I cared. I didn't want him to die, but I mean, I didn't have enough to know about him. No. We tried. You know, he's flirting with the bank clerk lady. I did care about the EMT lady, so but that was it. I, I didn't care about this unfortunate sob story of one of the brothers who, they are the criminals, but he has his own sob story versus his brother who's just psychotic. Yeah, gray area. Yeah, so I cared, I think I cared about the wife and the kid. Yes. Not so much, I mean, and he seemed like, they made him into like a decent guy, but then he's also going along for this whole heisty thing and... But then they throw in the social commentary thing of he can't afford the medical bills. Yeah. So that's where it gets you at the beginning. It's like this brother, he can't afford his wife's medical bills. He's going to have to do something and this is what he ends up doing. So that's the 
part where you're like, do I like him? Is he a criminal or is he just doing what he should be, what he should do? But I never felt for him. I always thought, no, you're doing terrible shit. People are dying along this path here everywhere. Cops are dying. Well, we don't know. We see cars flipping over and stuff, so I'm not convinced they're all killing people. You know when the, let's say, decoy car turns up? Yeah. That kills a lot of people. I don't know if it did, though, because we didn't see that except for John Dory. Right. I was thinking it just mowed the rest of them down. I don't think so, because they were jumping pretty fast to hide, so. Right. Well, maybe it's like the A-Team. Only one person died in the whole movie. Because there's a lot of, like, cars flying up in the air, and then that's it. Let's just say it's like the A-Team and nobody died. Not even John Dory, let's say. (laughs) All right, so moving on to the cast. Jake Gyllenhaal plays our hero. Well, not really a hero. Let's say villain. Mm. Danny Sharp. What did you think of Jake? He's always... He always puts his whole self in. He's kind of slick, isn't he? Yeah. You know, in this role in particular, at the beginning where you see him in that warehouse full of cars that he's kind of collected over the years because he's a, you know, he's a good bank robber. I looked at him and he's talking to his brother. I'm like, I don't know if he's psychotic. Maybe he's just a really good bank robber. No, I think he's psychotic. But then as soon as he entered the bank, I was like, nope, he's an absolute maniac. Yeah, and we've established that their father, so they have... The brother situation is, you know, one's African-American, one's white. And so then they say they are real brothers, but then the dad says to them when they're children, we're going to take him in. But one of them is like a decent, seems to be a decent human being. And they keep talking about the father as like he was crazy criminal. Like he was notorious. The FBI knows him. The cops know him. I think this is where Jake Gyllenhaal guy Got his, because the last thing he was going to do when he said, we're going to step out of this ambulance and I'm going to do this thing and then that's it. Yeah. That shows you he's, Insane. he's got problems. Yeah. So. Then we've got Yahya Abdul-Mateen II. Say that with your mouth full. Not he bad. plays Will Sharp, the brother. Now, I think he does a really good job, this guy. He was in a HBO's Watchmen, if you remember. I did feel for him at times because he was in a situation that was over his head, right? I don't know if he's over his head. He was just desperate. On a different time, he might have been all in on it, but this was like, you know. Yeah, I don't. he didn't want to be in on this, clearly. The brother's a fast talker, and he just he kind of went to his brother. His brother's like, blah, 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 blah. Oh, you're in. And then he's in. Yeah. Right. It, he, he didn't go there with the intention of being in on this thing. He didn't even know it was going down that day. I feel like it was a combination of events that got him stuck in something he ordinarily wouldn't have done. But I think he played it really well. Isa Gonzalez plays Cam Thompson. She's the EMT. And she is the hero of this, right? The heroine. She does a lot of the movie. Oh, if you don't like operations. (laughs) To add on top of this, it's kind of like speed as well, you know, where it has to keep moving. (laughs) But there's an operation going on in the back of the ambulance at one point. And she's holding a spleen in her hand. She's all in. (laughs) And it's really gross. Yeah, and it and it uses modern technology. Like she gets on the iPad with like a surgeon who's playing golf and he's on the thing and she's holding the iPad so he can see. It's all ludicrous and I don't crazy. know if it's ludicrous. Think about it. That's total I'm not saying that like you have to take the leap and that happens every day. But if you're in an emergency situation and you do have a surgeon and qualified people there to just tell you what to do, yes, you're very likely could kill the person you're working on. However, in the right, I don't think it's. You might have a word. better shot. It's not impossible. It's just not super plausible. Is that how you use those words? I'm sure I have one friend listening who will 
tell me if plausible plausibility and possibility how I'm supposed to use them, but I can see it happening. Especially like the one guy is one the one brother who's like the semi good guy has been in Afghanistan. He's a soldier. He's a vet. This is another thing that you do go like he's in a shitty situation and no one can help him and his wife and right. and he's a soldier, you know. In a battlefield or out on the front, when you do have injured people, these days it's very plausible, I think, or possible, whichever, that you call up whoever is back at the base. You're out there with somebody's spleen in your hand, and they have to tell you what to do. Maybe it's not this. Obviously, this is added drama, but I was on. I was okay with that whole scenario. I was too, but it, there was. It did get a bit crazy. At if time. she had said, "Oh, my ex boyfriend, who we end up calling, uh, did this surgery once and told me all about it, so I think I can do it," that. <laughs> yeah, that would have been stupid. Yeah. Then I was like, okay, that I can't buy. <laughs> yeah. We've also got Garrett Dillahunt as Captain Monroe. That's John Dory from Fear the Walking Dead. What did you think of him? I thought he was good, but I don't understand the trajectory of this character in the story. So he was fine. He's like the the guy who you call when you've got a car chase going on. No, he's a guy who was in charge of the investigation to keep an eye on this bank because they assumed someone was going to be robbing it. And the group that was robbing it just happened to be working for the Gyllenhaal guy, right? Yeah. So they're they're like a task force to intervene. But he's like an expert at car chases, he said. Like he he knows how to put pressure on them. Yeah, I think that's just his own little, blowing his own horn there. But he was rubbish (laughs) at his car chase. um, He was. Because... They're chasing an ambulance. There's how many police cars are they? I seem like about fifty. Yeah, and how many actually do anything like apart from crash? Most of them crash or blow up, right? No, not most of them. They slide a lot. They stop a lot. Like they get at, shot at up, so they don't work anymore. Yeah. There's not much. The car chasing by the police is not going very well. Let's say, but it wouldn't be a movie, would it, if they stopped them? So you know, you can't have a two-hour car chase. If they get caught in the first... Oh, he said something, didn't he? We can't use spike strips. There's one of the things in the movie. There's a cop inside the ambulance. And the cops know full well there's a cop, so they won't use anything lethal. It's because they don't want to hurt the cop. Even though the cops... Yeah, that... See, this scenario. So, we got the ambulance driving. Hall is in the passenger seat. The other brother is driving the... The vehicle, right? The two criminals are... Yeah. The Jake Gyllenhaal is not driving. The sniper has a shot at Jake Jake Gyllenhaal's head at one point. All you had to do was shoot Jake Gyllenhaal. That's all they had to do. And then the other brother who was driving would have been like, oh shit, and then it would have been done. So again, we, we cracked open a little possibility there and then for some reason, bad story writing stepped in. Like, hey, hold on. Let's not do that. It makes too much sense. Jackson White as Officer Zack, he turns up really late in the thing. No, no, he's the he's the actual cop, the one who's been shot in the back of the thing. It wouldn't have all happened apart from if he hadn't have done what he was doing, right? Um, well, the bank robbery would have happened, and the the cops were already watching. They wouldn't the have bank been robbery. in that ambulance, I guess. No, maybe. Yeah, they wouldn't have been in the ambulance. But keep in mind, the cops were already on site, ready to pounce on the criminals. Yeah, they were. There was no. So what happened is, while the bank robbery is going on, the young officer who ends up getting shot, his partner knows he has like been flirting with one of the clerks. 
kind of forces him to go back in the bank to like ask her out on a date while the bank robbery is going on. And in the process, they take him hostage and blah, blah, blah. So even if that didn't happen, that was just the only reason to get the ambulance involved. Right? And this, that he got shot and then da, da, da. This guy, Jackson White, plays most of the movie lying down unconscious anyway in the back of the van, in the back of the yeah, ambulance. Yeah, I mean, he was all right. Yeah. It's, he's actually funny on occasion, even when he's when he says, did you have your hand inside? Did, yeah, did you have your hand <laughs> all inside me? She's like, all the way. Because he wakes <laughs> up when uh, a big surgery is happening to him, which is gross. <laughs> so directed by Michael Bay, you know him from Armageddon, Transformers, The Island, Pearl Harbor, The Rock, Bad Boys, Pain and Gain, amongst others. Correct me. Is he the director or the producer? Of... Uh, any of those. All of those is the director of. Is he or is he just the no, producer? The director of all of those movies. Okay. Are you 100% correct? Yep, 100% correct. <laughs> he, he might be the producer as well, but he's the director of all those. Those are his actual, his movies. Okay. So what do you think of uh, Michael Bay here? Uh, uh, let me call him Michael Bay, I got a drone for Christmas. Okay. <laughs> I love going on fair rides. However, the ones that really, really, really stick with you that you want to do over and over again have a little something to them, right? So I'd like him to mix his big drama, big stuff with a little more substance sometimes. I mean, wouldn't you put Armageddon in that category? Does that have substance? I mean, it, it has something about it. It's rewatchable. Well, this is coming from the person who's in love with Armageddon, so. <laughs> it's got Not heart, me. let's say. But they all have hearts. Like, we are in this one, we're rooting for an EMT. We're rooting for a vet, which is fine. We're not rooting for the psychotic criminal guy who just wants to, like, get his $16 million and run and doesn't care. He's a super narcissist, too, Jill and Hall, remember? I just want something, I mean, there's a lot at stake. The wife clearly has, because uh, we saw some oncology drugs. Oh, yeah, we did. Uh, like an oncologist's name was on a, one of the pill bottles at the apartment of the vets. Will is the character's name, so in his apartment. So we know the wife has cancer. So that's sad, but there's that's it. It's like a little cardboard cutout of a man who wants to take care of his woman and can't. And then he turns to his brother, who then turns him on to crime. It's like it's this really shallow little <laughs> line. And I just want, I don't know. I know it's hard. It's hard to give substance with the car chase and the heist. Are there any heists that have a lot of substance? Maybe I'm just climbing up the wrong tree Heat, here. maybe? I don't think it had a lot of substance. Same thing, you know? I mean, it had a lot of drama. I don't know if you could confuse drama with substance. Though. Some people probably do, but yeah. I don't. So IMDb reviews, what are those? Those are reviews that you find on the Internet Movie Database, which in fact has been around for a very long time. IMDb has probably been around since like the invention of the Internet, hasn't it? I don't know that for a fact, but you go on there, you find these one-star reviews, and then you like to read them in funny voices as if you're somehow superior to those people. I don't know. The, that's my that's my interpretation. <laughs> these are the one-star reviews. Here's the first one. You might agree with some of the stuff they say, though. Here we go. Me? Possibly. So many cuts, so much shaky cam. If you're epileptic, you should abstain from this movie. <laughs> Michael Bay delivers another forgettable movie with an empty plot and, above all, an incredibly sickening editing. Spare yourself the trouble you have better things to spend two hours on. 
You probably agree with a little bit of that. A little bit. <laughs> I cannot deny. Now this one. This one says, The camera work makes you dizzy, and when I saw two gays in it, I stopped watching. Oh my goodness. What is with all the liberal propaganda? Even Michael Bay is at it. Even Michael Bay. So is it Michael Bay established himself in the past as a person who doesn't approve of people living their lives? I don't understand that one. But you know what? We get that a lot with these movies. So if they stopped watching at the part where we're introduced to a male couple, that was like, what, 10 minutes in? Yeah. <laughs> so how much more opinion does this person have? I don't know. And then this guy says, this movie should be called Smokey and the Ambulance. It's just silly. There's stupid cop cars flying and crashing all over the place. It's like the Smokey and the Bandit movie. The ambulance is un invulnerable being chased by Keystone cops. I mean, kind of. Kind of. Yeah, I can't, I can't argue with that either. I mean. And finally, this film was horrendous. I know M. Bay isn't the best for writing characters, but the action scenes were so hollow and fake. Not sure who advised the camera work or music either. I think they were trying to create artificial tension, but then induced boredom and nausea. Hmm. Mm -hmm. That was a voice that you just gave him there? No, it's not. It was a voice? Yes, it was. So that is the IMDb reviews. We didn't see any extras because we watched the streaming version. So I'm going to put a score on this one. I'm going to give the movie Ambulance a 6 out of 10. Hey, that's what I gave it. I was kind of pushing the six because of the lack of substance, but then six seems reasonable for having a fun two-hour ride. And it is above average. Mm. For an act, you, you know, is it, you, what you're getting is an action movie with little substance, but... So you're just talking about visually. Visually, you're getting some fun stuff. But it might make you sick because it is a lot of spinny and uh, shaky. Yeah, I don't know if it's higher quality than other movies, really, but hey. There was one scene I didn't like. You know, when we're talking about Michael Bay's camera work, mm -hmm. I can buy most of his camera work. You know, I know what he's doing and I get that that's the style of the film. But right at the beginning of the film where the, the brothers meet up at the posh vehicle place mm -hmm. and they start talking and then the camera starts doing the Supergirl thing where it goes around. Mm -hmm. I was like, oh, I bet every talking sequence is going to do that because... Seems like that's the thing. But then he didn't ever do it again. He didn't, which was excellent. Yeah. I was expecting it from every sequence of people talking. Because I would have to have called Michael up and said, look, dude, <laughs> dude. And I was like, that's enough. Don't do it again. And he didn't do it again. So good work, Michael. Good work. So were we watching this live and he heard you? So that's pretty I, impressive. I have a little walkie-talkie. <laughs> right on. So thank you to Universal. Next week, we're going to be reviewing the movie Umma. Movie recommendations. I am going with, I said to you, as this movie ended and the credits started to roll, I said to you, who do you think would like this movie? And who did I say? This movie? Yeah. I forget. I said Tony Scott, rest oh, in peace. Oh, yes. You did say that. You know, if Tony Scott was alive, this would be the kind of movie he makes. It, it, he likes this. He loved this kind of stuff. I mean, you didn't know him personally, but based on the movies we have seen that yeah. he's made. Yeah. Fast moving... Sometimes not full of substance, <laughs> but exciting in their own way. I wonder if you went back and watched like Clay Pigeon and you yeah. know, Man of Fire or whatever, uh, if you'd still think the same thing. Yeah, well, the, the Tony Scott movie I'm going to recommend, which I was getting to, was uh, Unstoppable, Denzel mm. Washington and the Train, 
which has a very similar ramp up like this movie does. It starts kind of slow and then it just gets more and more exciting and gets more and more crazy towards the end. Isn't that one where um, Kevin Smith's guy lets the train go accidentally? Yes, it is that one. (laughs) It's just really, it has a very similar opening. This movie opens quiet and kind of drifts into this. Oh, shit, stuff's going down now. (laughs) And my other recommendation is a Michael Bay film that I didn't mention earlier. And it's called 13 Hours. And it's Mm. the one with John Krasinski. And it's the Benghazi. And that was an excellent movie and very different to most Michael Bay stuff. Very, I would say it's Michael Bay in his like really patriotic phase. That yeah. One. So what did you recommend? My recommendations are going back to the 1990s and I can't remember what year I'm in, 92, 93, something like that. You can look them up and I'm going with dun, 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 Robin Hood Men in Tights, which is a fun one, like a spoofy kind. However, like, like Spaceballs. I don't know if all these movies hold up to all of our different cultural standards. Probably not. So there you go. I haven't watched it for many years, but it's on my list. I've seen it. I've watched it. I laughed. It is what it is. Then we have The Fugitive, which there is a person chase right there. Not a yeah. car chase movie, but a person chase movie, you know. I'm innocent and I don't care. It's like one of those tough guy cop, kind of over it, trying to chase down this guy. And then when our man, blah, blah, blah. Jason Goes to Hell, The Final Friday, which... I don't even think I've seen that one. It's also not true, because we had many more Jasons after that. (laughs) Un, deux, trois, soleil, one, two, three, sun. I have seen that one. Yes, that one's interesting. If you like movies with subtitles, it's French. Interesting. And then one of my all-time favorite movies that I could watch probably 500 times is True Romance. And who directed that one? Mr. Scott, but the other one. No, oh, t- Tony. It was Tony Scott, wasn't it? Yeah, well, there it was. you go. I brought it back. I looped it back to this the whole, discussion. Um, Tony Scott, rest in peace. Yeah. Good work. I didn't choose that on purpose, but there you go. Hey, Scully stuff. I've been doing some uh, keyboard modding this week. You know what I learned to do this week? And also, Sid Talk, do you know that the world of computer keyboards is a whole world? Like your planting, gardening yep. worlds? Yep. It's a whole world. Got to know so much about keyboards and switches and keycaps and stabilizers and plates you know but unlike gardening the keyboard thing is just kind of you know not that big a deal (laughs) it's very fun so what i did was i um lubed a load of keyboard switches now you might be like what does that mean what does that mean if you have a mechanical keyboard you know for your computer every key is an individual unit so you can on most of these newer keyboards, you can pop the switches out with a little tool. And then the switch has the way when you press the key down, a little spring goes down. And that's what registers your letter. You know, if you type in A, the little spring going down and back up registers one click. Well, those uh, springs and switches are not really lubricated on the inside. If you go in and you get a little paintbrush and some special keyboard lubrication, lubricate all the switches. You wouldn't believe how different they feel when you've finished. It makes it feel really... Lubricated. Clacky and like <laughs> smooth, like really smooth. So it's I don't a, think we all know what clacky means. Clacky. I'll, I'll, make, I'll make some keyboard clacky noises. Here we okay. go. Here you ready? Keyboard clacky noises coming up. Okay. It makes it sound like that, which is different to how a regular keyboard sounds if you don't do it. 
So it's called Keyboard Lubing. You know how I learned about it? I went onto YouTube and there's a lady called Betty. There's a guy called Hippo. And there's just these, you know, the the bigger YouTube channels that focus on mechanical keyboards. They taught me a lot this week. Nice. So I, I feel like I learned a lot and I've got a really cool keyboard. And the theme I went for was um, Game Boy. It's got Pac-Man and... It's got Mario on it, and it's got the font on the keys that is like the old Game Boy font. So that... They're pretty cute. Yeah, that's what I did this week with my keyboard. What's for dinner? Well... Look, look what's for dinner on the outline. I haven't settled on what's for dinner. What do I have on the... What have I got on it? Oh, that's not right. <laughs> it's just, that's like a person typing crazy K-L-J-K-L-J-S colon D-K-F-J-L. When one. I was doing the typing... Oh, you're filling in the template. Yeah. You may not all know this, but we have to follow a template that he insists on every week. So he just typed in some filler, which is not what we're eating unless you want a bunch of letters. You want alphabet soup? Is that what Alphabet spaghetti. <laughs> I don't know yet. I think kind of in the mood for a baked potato. Yeah. Kind of in the mood. I'll have a potato, actually. Also kind of in the mood for Taco Bell again, but... I'm not really in the mood for that one. Okay, then we've decided the votes potato. are in. <laughs> it's like Eurovision. The votes are in. The baked potato from McAllister's win. No one sponsors us, by the way. If any of these places would like to sponsor us, we're vegetarian, so we won't be eating your meat dishes. But when people wonder why I'm still kind of a, not kind of, like a totally overweight vegetarian after 12 years, it's because I eat a lot of carbohydrates, lots of potatoes, lots of rice, lots of bread, Lots of sugar. That's what I love. And so big, giant baked potato sounds really good with broccoli on it and stuff. Yeah. What's your advice? My advice is, and I'm just going to say it the way I typed it, thinking, feeling, and taking action are all ingredients for good decision making. You can adjust how much of each one you put into that recipe, but you can't take one out completely or it will never turn out the way it should. Well done. Apply that to life. Think about it. Listen to it a few times. I have no examples for you. So that's high level advice right there. Why just drop it on you? Just listen to it over and over. <laughs> and then you've got to figure it out for yourself. All right. Ascully.com is the website. You can find this podcast. We're on anchor.fm slash after the show. iTunes, Spotify, all of those places. We're on everything, actually. Amazon Music. Everywhere. I mean, do you have to tell the person who's listening? Because they did find us already. Maybe they're just listening to a clip, but then... then mm, they're not know. listening to this. <laughs> We're also on YouTube, by the way. Every week I upload it. We're also on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. Email me, ascully at ascully.com. Do not email Sid Talk. She doesn't want your email. I mean, you can try. And stay classy, Mr. Michael Bay. Not 100% sure you might... Classy all the time. But <laughs> at least you acknowledge that. In this movie, I feel like you did an all right job. And I'm going to say, think for yourself or someone will do it for you. <laughs>